Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. It's nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense. And I don't know why, how we've gotten to this point. I get it. Churches have turned into machines. And I, know, I understand that that's part of the problem. But as individuals, you have the responsibility to say yes or to say no. And that's on you. And that's on you. And if, if we ever demand too much of you, then tell me. You as a person, as a follower of Jesus Christ, have the right to say, I can't do anymore. I can't do anymore. I think I need to take a break. Then take a break. Take a break. Comparing your ministry to a factory isn't a healthy approach. In a factory, you put in specific materials and through a series of processes, you come out with the same product over and over. In the church, you sow the seeds of the gospel and get a wide variety of responses. Ultimately, some accept and some don't. As Pastor James will encourage us in today's message, investing ourselves in busy programming in the church is not a measurement of spiritual health. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Galatians chapter six with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. If anybody thinks he's something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, no, that's a great verse, by the way. Um, man, you want to memorize something. I'm not saying it applies to you, but I'm saying that's a really good verse to memorize. Um, if anybody thinks he's something when he's nothing, um, he has fooled himself. Um, my goodness, uh, I think our world functions off of this verse. I mean, there are so many self-important people in our world right now. What's the problem with self-important people? They don't need any help. They don't need any help. And when we're talking about wounded warriors and all this stuff, um, man, the, the hardest person to save is the one who doesn't think they need any saving. That's the hardest person to save. The hardest type of Christian to come alongside and to help out is the one who doesn't even know that they're in trouble. If you think you're too important to help someone in need, this is how New Loon Translation, just to put a different kind of viewpoint on it. If you think you are too important to help someone in need, you are only fooling yourself. You are really a nobody. <laughs> Thank you, New Loon Translation. There's your boost of self-confidence right there. Um, so that's the flip side. If you think you're too good to help people, well, you need to take another look in the mirror. You need to be available to help people. Just help people out. Let's, go, let's continue on. All right. It goes on, verse 4. But let each one test his own work, your own work. Test your own work. And then, then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not his neighbor. Basically, it's this. Um, stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop it. Stop it. When it comes to serving in the church, quit comparing yourself to other people. You can't measure up to anybody else. The only person you should be concerned about is Jesus and what he thinks. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. That is a big trap that we all have a tendency to fall into. It's really hard to help somebody out when you're so busy comparing yourself to other people. Here's how Christians do this. 
I wish I was as spiritually mature as they are. I wish I had it all together like them. How do we get there? Oh, it's really easy. I can go there all the time. How? Because I can watch a, a sermon online or I can listen to a podcast and I know nothing about the person, nothing about the person. But immediately, there's something that happens inside of me that hears them speak, and I'm like, I bet they're not going through anything I'm going through right now. Sounds like they have it pretty easy. Man, I wish I had it easy. I don't know nothing about these people. Where does that come from? That's selfish is what that is. It, assuming that, you know, well, oh, they got it better than me. I wish I was in their position. I wish I... No, no, you... you you may not if you really understood what was happening behind the scenes. You should probably, I should probably learn just to get really content with where God has us and what he's allowing us to go through. Mind your own business is a good word, right? Mind your own business. You don't know what somebody else is going through. They may, maybe they're just a better faker than you and I are. I don't know. The world could be a total wreck. And unfortunately, as we've gotten to learn, we've, we've learned to get really good at this in church is to put on this mask of like, everything's good. It's great. Woo, things are great. Or we assume that because they're smiling. And in, behind that smile, they're just like, oh, God, please help me. Like, somebody, please help me out. Be there for each other. Be willing to help out each other. Be willing to be vulnerable. Be willing to be content with where the Lord has you. Just trust him. A lot of this stuff just kind of can even just be boiled down, to, boiled down into just trusting the Lord, just trusting the Lord. It says, be, be sure to do what you should, for then you will, this is for a New Living Translation, you will enjoy the personal satisfaction of having done your work well, and you don't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Verse 5, for we are responsible for our own conduct or we, or for each, will have to bear his own load. Well, wait a minute. You just told me to bear the load of other people. Well, no, that's the wounded person. This is a different word. Same word used in the English language, but it's a different term. So what we're talking about here is carry your own pack. It's a military term. It's a military term. So you have your own load, your own burden, we'll, we'll call it, to carry, you're like, well, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. No, it is right. It actually is right. In fact, let me read you this verse real quick. It's one of my favorite verses. I should have it memorized, but I got a, how many kids I got in my house right now? I have six kids in my house right now. Six, six. Even the state of Texas is like, no more, no moss, grizzles, which we're grateful for that. We just took in a baby boy. Brand new, newborn baby boy. Um, he's beautiful. He's perfect. He's, man, awesome kid. But I don't care how perfect a kid is. Uh, you add another human being into your life, like, ain't nobody getting any sleep and nobody's resting. And uh, if anything somewhat comprehensible comes out of this teaching, you can thank Jesus for that because it ain't me. Um, I'll tell you that right now. I'm running on fumes. Um, but anyways, verse, this is Matthew 11. This is what Jesus says. Come to me, all you who are weary, me, uh, and carry heavy burdens, all of us, uh, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. 
Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke fits perfectly and the burden I give you, whoa, wait, the burden I give you is light. So pre-Jesus, you got a bunch of baggage and Jesus is like, give me all your baggage. I got a, I got a pack for you. So I'm gonna take yours, which is too heavy for you to carry anyways, and I'm gonna give you mine. It's suited for you. It's perfectly suited for you. It'll never be too heavy for you. This is your, this is your pack. So what this is talking about in Galatians is you gotta carry your own pack because Jesus gave it to you. You can't pawn it off on other people. You can't pawn it off on other people. So Christians, carry your pack. Oh, I need somebody to come along. No, no, no. If you're not wounded, if you're not wounded, you better be walking with your pack. You better be carrying your load. You have a responsibility. You do. We all do. Jesus gave you a pack, and he expects for you to carry it, and it's light. There's no complaining. There's no complaining. There's no place in the church for lazy Christians. If somebody would just carry this burden for me, no, 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 that's not, that's not acceptable. What has God called you to do? What has he called you to do? If you understand, man, this is what God has called me to do. Welcome to your pack. Now pick it up and get busy. You can't pawn it off on somebody else. And it is certainly irresponsible to expect somebody else who is carrying their own pack to have to carry your pack because you don't want to get up and do anything. That's irresponsible. And I hate that in the world of the church. Drives me nuts. Not because I don't, I don't want anybody to show up and to perform and do all that stuff, but there's this notion of like, well, oh, see, I got to space myself out. No, nonsense. You gave your life to Jesus. He gave you a pack. You should be carrying that pack. What are you doing? There's no time to be like, oh, I need to really protect me and my time. And you have no time, zero time. This idea is nonsensical. And it is really damaging to the church. I've had it up to here with this notion. I get it. Listen, if you come from other churches and they burned you out, I understand where you're coming from. You need rest for your soul. If we just read the Bible, if we would just read, just, and I will simplify it for you, if you would just read the Gospels and look at how Jesus ministered he got away when he needed to get away. He took breaks when he needed to take breaks. He, he did that. He modeled that for his disciples. But not once did he ever say, you know what? I just don't feel like doing it today. Peter, why don't you carry my burden for me? It's nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense. And I don't know why, how we've gotten to this point. I get it. Churches have turned into machines. And I, know, I understand that that's part of the problem. But as individuals, you have the responsibility to say yes or to say no, and that's on you, and that's on you. And if, if we ever demand too much of you, then tell me. You as a person, as a follower of Jesus Christ, have the right to say, I can't do anymore. I can't do anymore. I think I need to take a break. Then take a break. Take a break. This is how I, I structured my youth ministry helpers, and I would love to get to this point with... with uh, the church, I have them commit to 11 months of service. Just 11 months. Why 11 months? Why not a year? Well, because there's a mandatory one month off for individuals to pray, to go get away, get away with the Lord. 
rekindle that thing because we all know how it feels to serve in the ministry. The fire quickly gets squashed in ministry, and that's the most unfortunate thing, right? But you got to have some time to get away, to pray, to rethink like, okay, Lord, is this where you would have me to do? Is this where you would want me to be? But then you come back. And if you don't come back to me within my youth ministry, well, then certainly you have to be plugging in somewhere else because you took a month to reconnect with Jesus and you took a month to pray about where it is that you're supposed to be. Now, I would expect that you're listening to him. And if he says, okay, go back to youth ministry, we'll come back in. Come back in. We're not looking to replace you. We're not looking to replace you at all. In fact, we're always looking to add to the team. But so I get it. Like, I get it. But we've gotten this worldly, and I'm going to call it worldly, notion that my time is important. You are important. Your time is valuable. But the moment you said yes to Jesus, you surrendered every single second, every single moment of your life and your time to him as king of kings and Lord of your life. You, you, don't, get to, you don't get to tell the boss when you're going to punch in and when you're going to punch out. I'm sorry, it does not work like that. Now, you can praise the Lord that you have the greatest boss who has ever existed, and his name is Jesus, and he knows you better than you do. He even knows when you should be taking a rest and when you shouldn't be taking a rest. I'm just saying, Christians, you have a pack. Carry your pack. Please, carry your pack. Don't pawn it off on somebody else. That kind of mentality has to go. It has to go. Be smart. Know what you're committing yourself to. Absolutely. But please tell me you're picking up your pack and you're carrying that thing. Because what it feels like in the church world is there is a handful of people, and this is the rule, right? The 80-20 the, the rule, right? It's probably even less than that. But like, 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. I don't know how factual or true that is, but sometimes it feels that way, right? If we're honest, you can't have 20% of the people trying to carry all these packs, doesn't? That's not how a body is designed. That's not how, it, imagine if your body, your physical body worked like that. You wouldn't be around for much longer. You would die of a heart attack. I'm sure of it. You just, your body can't function. Every member needs to be doing what it's created and designed to do. Here's the frustration on that. What if I don't know what I'm supposed to do? Well, just pray. Just pray. Just pray. And ask somebody. Like, man, I, I, especially maybe after this Sunday, you're like, man, I think I should probably be helping out. Um, I'm not trying to, like, guilt you or anything like that, but I am saying that you have a calling, and you better be answering that calling. That's all I'm saying. You won't account to James. You will account to Jesus for this, okay? So as a shepherd, I'm just trying to give you the heads up, all right? But maybe you don't know. Pray. Pray. Get some people together and say, you know what? I, I really, man, I'm struggling with this. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Get some people together and, and let's pray for you. Let's pray that God would give you clarity. Oftentimes, it's already there. What are you passionate about? Man, what is that thing that excites you? You think it's there just because? No, it's there because God placed that in you. He's given that to you. Because what's going to excite you may not excite somebody else. And that's what a body is like. 
So that, just to help out with that, but I would say pray, 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 pray. Say, Lord, man, I don't know. I want to carry my pack. Lord, what is it? What is it that you've given me to carry? Please give me some clarity. And he will answer that prayer. He will give you clarity. I promise you that. He absolutely will. It may take some time, but he absolutely will come through for you. Carry your own load. Verse 6, let the one who is who has taught the word. Oh, here's my favorite part. Oh, every pastor loves to preach this part. All right, hold on tight. Um, let the one who has taught the word share in all good things with the one who teaches. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to one of these services before? Um, listen, this is why we go through the, the book, verse by verse, OK? Because um, if I was just you know, picking different ones and all that good stuff, and you know, this is probably one that had been taught like, you know, probably like 30 times out of a 52-week year, right? So like, hey, you know, I'm teaching you guys. Well, let's, what, let's define some terms here. Let the one who has taught the word share in all good things, the one who teaches. Well, all good things technically means material things. Oh, so here I am teaching you the word, then you should share with me, all right? This is, now, should pastors get paid money? Yeah, why not? Why not? Give me a good reason why they shouldn't. I mean, I know who you're talking to. I mean, I get it. But like, it's very clear in the scriptures that they should get paid. Now, how much should they get paid and all that stuff? Not my business. I don't care. It's not my business. Um, I don't set my salary here. You guys are more than generous. Let me, let me applaud you from the very beginning. You are doing this really well, OK? Good job. You're doing this really well. My family has need of nothing, because you, you guys are awesome, awesome. But this is what the word says. This is what Paul's saying. He's like, let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Like, look, if you got somebody teaching you, if you're being fed spiritually from somebody, you should help them out. You should absolutely help them out. Like, yes, take care of their needs. That's what a body does. I would never pick to go through this scripture. You guys know that. We never even talk about money. We have offering boxes. I never even tell you where the offering boxes are. That's how, like, I probably should do this more often. They're back there, okay? <laughs> They're, online giving, we have that. Go to our website. That's what me and my family do. We give online. That's what we do. It's, it's simple, it's easy, and all that good stuff. We do have online giving. Give that way. Here's my thing. If you're going to give, it's an act of worship. It's an act of worship. May the Holy Spirit motivate you in that. Here's the coolest thing about this. Let me, let's, let's continue on reading this. Um, let me read from the New Living Translation here. It says, those who are taught the word of God should help their teachers by paying them. That's what the New Living Translation says, okay? So you got this beautiful little verse. You, they should be paid and all this good stuff. Here's how distinct Christianity is, okay? In the Jewish culture, you have to pay a temple tax. You got to pay money. And so that money is going to go to really to compensate those who are teaching there. So it's forced. Whether you want to pay it or not, you're going to pay it. You're going to pay. So whether you want to give or not, you're going to give. It's kind of like, well, tax in America. Whether you want to or not, you're going to give. You're going to pay taxes. In, in most other religions, I can't say all because I don't know all religions, but in most other religions, this is a rule. This is law. Only in Christianity is it optional, quote unquote. Only in Christianity is there, there's no rule to this thing. 
When it comes to giving, when it comes to tithing, it's, and we could say 10%. You want to use 10%? Knock yourself out. Go for it. If that's what you want to do. That's Old Testament stuff. And what does the New Testament say? What does Paul say? Paul says, like, I just give, give with a grateful heart. Do you really want to put limits on your worship? Do you really want to do that? Because when we start putting percentages down, and I know I understand why we do some of that stuff, but if giving is an act of worship, do you really want to cap that off? Just follow that line of logic. I don't think you do. That's why the New Testament says, listen, just give with a grateful heart. And as the Lord leads you, the Lord directs you, then just answer what he's calling you to do. That's our view on giving. That's our view on tithing. You be led by the Lord. You be led by the Lord. Here's the other thing. This is on a personal side. Because you put money in a box does not make you my boss. Because some people think that. Some people think that. Well, I put money in a box, so I get to tell you what to do. I've actually had people tell me that before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, fortunately, that was not here. That was me as a youth pastor. I had a parent come and tell me, they're like, well, I pay my tithes here, so I'm your boss. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on. <laughs> James is about to demonstrate a work of the flesh. Um, no, 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 that's not what that's about, because then you're not worshiping God. Your motives are not pure. They're not. You're putting in money in the box out of obligation or, or manipulation. That's not what that's about. Any money that gets donated online, any money that goes into the box, that's between you and the Lord. That's between you and the Lord. Hopefully, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and presenting the Word of God to you, in a, and my goal is always just in a clear in simple way. Whatever happens between you and the Lord in those boxes on the wall or online, that's between you and him. That's not my business. It's not. It'll never be my business. This church belongs to the Lord Jesus. It's his, okay? But you do have a responsibility. I have the same responsibility. And now I'll tell you this. I did not do this really good at all. At all. I've sat under guys who have taught me the word of God, who've instructed me in a really awesome way, beneficial way that helped me grow in my relationship with the Lord. And I didn't do anything for them. <laughs> and that's on me. That's on me. What did, what did I do? Well, Paul tells us very clearly how this works. Now, here's, here's the thing. There's no, like, transition, Okay. We're still talking about the same thing when we read this next portion. Let's look at this. Don't be misled or don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that also, or he, that he will also reap. This is talking about this verse we just read. I get it. Some people, I grew up so long, I say grew up, this was always attributed to sin. But that's not technically right. I mean, does it apply? Yes. Hear me out. Yes, it does. But Paul is continuing this thought of like, hey, if somebody's teaching the word of God, you should pay the money. Oh, and by the way, let's look at how this looks practically. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. This is still talking about giving. This is talking about giving. Does it apply to you, you know, sowing to the flesh and reaping's consequences? Of course it does. 
But let's not forget what it's talking about. This is talking about investing in kingdom. That's all we have time for today on Bread for the Broken. Pastor James has more to share from this study in the book of Galatians, so be sure to join him next time. Just because our time with you is over for today, though, it doesn't mean that you have to stop studying God's Word. We encourage you to pick up your own Bible and dive in wherever God leads you. Each page you read will be life-giving and reveal new things about your Creator. If you ever have any questions or would like to request prayer, please connect with us. You can visit breadforthebroken.com and click on Contact. We have a form there that you can fill out and submit, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. We love hearing from our listeners. Are you in the Galveston area? If so, come join us to worship and study the Bible. Calvary Galveston meets each Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And you can get all the information you need at breadforthebroken.com. Just click on the About tab. If you aren't in the area or you're just not able to be with us in person during this season, that's okay. We're streaming live on Facebook. Just search for Calvary Galveston, or you can head to our church webpage to connect. Before we officially close our time with you today, we'd like to invite you to be a part of what we're doing. Would you prayerfully consider supporting the ministry of Bread for the Broken financially? All amounts given are appreciated, and you can donate securely through our website, breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for supporting us, and thanks for tuning in to Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man, the one love that and give me.